Right, I invite you now to turn with me to Matthew and chapter 7. And I want us to read the last part or the last paragraph of that chapter, beginning at verse 24 all the way to verse 29. Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 24. The Lord Jesus Christ concluding what we call Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, and the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet, it did not collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching them like one who had authority and not like their scribes and Pharisees. So this particular evening, I would like us to spend just a few moments that we have together this evening to meditate upon those words that I have just read. And uh, those words remind us that it is important for us to be men and women of faith. Uh, They remind us that it is important for us to regularly attend the means of grace as we are doing tonight. That we must be men and women who faithfully are studying the scriptures and we are men and women who are diligently by the help of the Holy Spirit seeking to put to death everything that is sinful in our lives and to joyfully pursue holiness out of reverence for God. Now, this is wonderful, this is admirable, this is good uh, for all those who are Christians. However, every now and again, we need to ask ourselves the question, what does your faith do for you? And by that I mean, in those times when life is difficult, in those times when sorrows visit you, 
and answers are not forthcoming. In those times when life is not going the way you had hoped or the way you had dreamed, what does your faith do for you? Or, put it in another way, what does your faith do for you when perhaps you were well-doing and then suddenly something goes wrong in the economy? You are not as well-doing as you used to be, or to put it bluntly, perhaps poverty rather than abundance comes to you. Will you at that point forget all the blessings that God has given you? Will you begin to grow disillusioned with God as if he is no longer worthy of your trust, worthy of your worship and your adoration? Or are you one of those who despite the dark clouds of life, will be able to say, I know it is well with my soul. That is the reason why I'm asking you the question. I'm grateful that you profess faith in the Lord Jesus. I'm grateful to God that you believe the promises of God. And the question is, when the tests of life come, when the difficult circumstances come, what does your faith do? The Bible says all those who seek to live a godly life will be persecuted, isn't it? Or if you want, in the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, he said, blessed are you when men speak ill of you on account of me. He says, blessed are you when your name is cast out as evil on account of Christ. In other words, when the time comes when you face persecution from your work or school colleagues or even family members or even from the government, you might face some kind of persecution. How will you respond? Are you going to respond with anger? Or are you going to respond to insults with more insults? Are you going to be one of those who say, we must do everything in, his, in our power to bring down this government? And that's why I'm asking you the question. It is well that you have faith. 
it is well that you have God's word. But what that, that, that does that do for you when the tests of life come? Now, usually there are two ways in which as professing believers we respond to trials that come through our lives. The negative way in which we respond is that there might be some hidden dissatisfaction with God. There must be some distrust that is hidden from view for a while in your own heart against God. Or perhaps even to be more blunt, there might be a hidden rebellion in your heart against God. You begin to say, for instance, why would a loving God take something so important from you? And you begin to feel like his plans aren't working out as you had hoped. You begin to feel that the God of the Bible is not the one you had hoped he was because he is not yielding to your will rather than you yielding to his will. And you only feel that God will be glorified in your life if your will, rather than his will, is done. And the problem with this is that it is something that happens under the surface. You could be doing all the things that we expect Christians to do. That rebellion, that dissatisfaction, that distrust is in your heart. And it will take a long time for that now to begin to outwardly manifest so that other people begin to see that all is not well in your life. Or you can respond in a positive way. There's no doubt that there are things that really hurt when they happen in our lives. Things that are quite painful in our lives. But even through those tears, you can genuinely be able to say to the Lord, I love you. I trust you. I will look to you. Your will, not mine, be done. So that if you really think about it, what really matters in our lives is not just the fact that we profess faith in the Lord Jesus. That is admirable. 
as I have already said. But what really matters is that when we are in those circumstances and in those situations in which it is dark, and then we profess the faith that we shine forth the true faith of God's elect, that we shine forth that wonderful fruit of what it means to trust God and to love him and like Job to be able to say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And you know, this is probably why the Lord allows those days of darkness to come. Because what he wants is to give you the background, to give me the backdrop where his amazing grace can shine to the world. So that as you go through the trial and as your brothers and sisters in Christ see you go through the trial, they will be encouraged because they can see that there must be a higher power behind this. Look at our, what our brother and sister is going through and yet how radiant they are, how joyful they are because they are trusting his word. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ meant. You see, it is inevitable, if you're a Christian, that difficulties will come. What is not inevitable is how you will act when they come. And the Lord Jesus Christ warns us here of a wise man who is going to bring honor and glory to God, who is going to magnify the grace of God in his or her life, and a man who is going to make shipwreck, uh, a man who is going to make shipwreck because he is not putting into practice the things that he has heard from God. We need, beloved brothers and sisters, to put into practice the things of God, not only when all is well, but more importantly, to put into practice the things that God has taught us when things are going south, when things are not working out. That is where the faith of God's people shines forth. Not when all is well or is plain sailing. Everybody can love God in those times. It is only when difficulties of life come that you see the difference between the hypocrites, the people who just attend church, and those who love the Lord Jesus with all their 
Now, they are not perfect by any means, but there is that desire. There is that longing, despite the difficulties, to place your life in God's hand. Whatever else will happen or not happen, I will love you. I will trust you. I will obey you and leave the rest of the result in God's wise and gracious providence. So it is your duty, it is my duty as the people of God to shine when it is darkest in our lives. Don't just love God when everything is working well. You know, don't just be a person who is singing like we my favorite hymn now. You can forgive me. But that wonderful thing we are singing. It's easy to sing like that when all is well. Remember, dark days will come. Uh, I'm not sure when they will come, but I know if you live in this world of sin, they will come. The dark cloud of God's providence that hides his smiling face from you and you begin to feel like if God really is love, why am I going to go through this? That time will come. If it, it hasn't already come, I want to prepare you for when it comes. And the answer is right here in Matthew chapter 7. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, Yours and my duty is to listen to our Savior and to do what he says we must do. There's a story of uh, the Apostle Paul when he went to Philippi. You remember, it says that he had been trying to go certain places to preach the gospel as a missionary. And, and he tried various places. It says, the Lord did not allow them. It says, the Spirit of God forbade them. And then one of these nights, Paul is sleeping, and then he has this vision. There's a man from Macedonia who is saying, come and help us. And when Paul wakes up, he realizes God wants us to go in there. And that's how they found themselves in Philippi and started preaching the gospel. And as a result of their preaching of the gospel, you remember there was that story of this young fortune teller girl who was following them and saying all kinds of things until Paul was uh, a little bit angry. And he rebuked the evil spirit, and the girl was delivered. And when the owners of uh, the people who were profiting from uh, that fortune teller, they were very angry, and they arrested Paul and put him into prison after beating him. Now think about it. Paul is there because it is God's will for him to be there. And he is doing something that God has commanded him to do, which is to preach the gospel. And yet, right in the midst of doing what God wants him to do, going where God wants him to go, he gets arrested. And he gets thrown into jail. Now, I think that if it is you and me, 
will immediately conclude, this must not have been God's will. Look how I've been beaten, and now I am in jail. This must not have been God's will. I think I missed God's will. That's not the way Paul thought. You don't discern God's will because everything is going well, everything is going nice, and then you say, aha, this is God's will. That's not in the Bible. It may be that in God's will, everything will go nice. It might also be, if you're doing God's will, everything is going to go wrong. You can't tell God's will by what's happening to you because you have a nice account, because you have a beautiful house, because you have a beautiful family, because you have obedient children, and then you conclude, I must be doing God's will. It could be. There's no way to tell by just mere circumstances. But the point, nonetheless, here is the apostle doing God's will, preaching the gospel, in the place where God says go because of a divine revelation and he ends up being beaten and being arrested and being thrown into jail. But it says at midnight Paul and Silas they were not complaining. They were not saying to each other you know what I, I think you were wrong. That must, vision must have come from Satan. They were not saying that. He says they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And all the prisoners heard them. Suddenly, at midnight, there was an earthquake. jailer wanted to kill himself. And the man who stopped him is the apostle. He says, don't you worry. We are all here. God is at work. We are all here. Come here. And they begin to preach the gospel. There is a man who knows what it means to put into practice what the Lord Jesus has been teaching him midnight, he is not complaining. At midnight, he is praying and singing hymns of praise to God. To God be the glory for the beatings. To God be the glory for the chains. To God be the glory because this gospel cannot be stopped. And God said, Amen, and sent an earthquake. That whole prison complex shook. The power of God was on display because the apostle, although he was in a dark spot, he still loved the Lord Jesus. He still trusted the Lord Jesus, and he still looked to the Lord. That's all I'm saying to you this evening, my beloved friends. Whatever your circumstances may be, love your Savior. Be devoted to him. 
Remember, he loved you enough to die for you. And there's not one circumstance that he will allow in your life except out of his great love for you. So when things are not going well in your life, it is not because God has ceased loving you. When things are not going well in your life, it is because God is working something in your life to win you from this temporal world. You know how we can become so preoccupied with the temporals of this life at the expense of the glorious eternal realities to which God in Christ has called us. And God often, in his mysterious providence, he sends these times of darkness to win us away from these toys. You know, when we were kids, we loved toys and we thought the whole world revolved around those toys. Till we grew up. It's just a toy. And that's what God is doing in your life and in my life is to again and again win you from the things of this world to cause you to love your Savior and live for him and seek his honor and seek his glory even when it is dark. So I leave you with the question once again. What is your faith doing for you? I'm grateful to God that you have a credible profession of faith. But I nonetheless ask, how is that faith working out for you when your dreams are shattered? When things seem to be going in the wrong direction? Is that faith working for you? Once again, I commend you to that dear Savior who loved you enough to give his life a ransom for you. Let us pray. Father, we can never truly thank you enough for the amazing grace of God in Jesus Christ for lost sinners like us. And we thank you that you have come to us even when we did not want you. You have come to us even when we were truly offensive to you. And you have completely removed that heart of stone and given us a new heart and filled us with the Holy Spirit and taught us to love you, you who first loved us. We pray that as we look to the days ahead and face difficult circumstances, may your grace, may your favor be upon us. Whatever it is that takes place in our lives, we ask our Father, grant us to love you and to submit to you. And may Jesus Christ be glorified in our circumstances. We ask in his precious name. Amen.